0: Hi, I'm Lindsay.
1: And I'm Marshall. Welcome to Tumble, the show where we explore stories of science discovery.
0: Today we're talking volcanoes. What would our planet be like if they didn't exist?
1: They're explosive and destructive, so why do we keep them around? We're going to
0: talk to a volcanologist about how volcanoes helped shape our Earth and find out how a recipe for lava bombs might lead to discoveries about life on other planets.
1: Before we get to this week's episode, we've got a few things to take care of. First, we want to let you know that our audio course is finally out on Himalaya learning. The Wildlife of Your Home pod course is a 10-episode series that will train you to become an indoor wildlife investigator, a rare kind of scientist. You'll learn about ecosystems by discovering the unknown creatures you wake up with every day. It's available right now on learning.himalaya.com tumble. If you enroll now, you'll get a free 14-day trial on the Himalaya Learning platform. And next, we got some new patrons to thank. Roland, Bridger, happy belated birthday on August 2nd, Bridger. Your dad loves you and loves all the adventures you go on. Isaac and Aurora Lang, Ian Skinner, Aaron, Holly, and Charlotte. And Charlotte, happy birthday on August 15th. Keep learning and asking questions. Your mommy loves you. And also Cleo Chan Testa. Keep learning and shining, and happy birthday on August 21st. There are also some more not-new patrons with birthdays coming up. Persephone Schmitter, happy birthday on August 14th. Leo Liked Gould, happy birthday on August 15th. Your parents love you and are so grateful for you. Catherine, happy birthday on August 16th. Emma Kay, happy birthday on August 21st. Mom and Dad are always so proud of you. Julian Butel, happy birthday on August 21st. Thanks to all of you and to everyone who supports Tumble on Patreon. If you'd like to get a shout out like these people or get a happy birthday wish from yours truly on our podcast, just go to patreon.com/tumblepodcast and pledge at the $5 level or higher. Once again, that's patreon.com/tumblepodcast. Today's episode was inspired by this question from one of our listeners.
0: Hi, my name is Miranda, and I'm 12 years old. And my question is, what would the world look like if volcanoes didn't exist? Miranda had a few ideas of what Earth would be like without volcanoes. For one, it would look a lot different because the volcanoes made a lot of the
2: mountains and valleys, I think. And I think it also might be a lot colder.
1: All right, that sounds like a flat cold place, like North Dakota? Is that the answer? (laughs) All of Earth would be North Dakota.
0: (laughs) It's a bit more drastic than that.
2: Well, it would be kind of like the surface of the moon is right now.
0: That's Erica Rader. She's a volcanologist, a scientist
1: who studies volcanoes.
2: So it'd be a very boring and terrible place to live. And we would not survive.
1: All right. So we would not survive.
2: Actually,
0: Erica told me that without volcanoes, we wouldn't even be here.
2: Probably no life could have developed without the volcanoes. Whoa,
1: I had no idea the volcanoes were that important. I mean, don't they just, like, spew up hot lava and stuff?
0: Volcanoes exist as a way to release heat from deep inside our planet. And that's part of what jump-started life on the surface.
2: Volcanoes really contribute to our atmosphere, which keeps our planet a lot warmer. They're part of the
0: reason why it's not as cold on Earth as it is in space. Volcanic gas created kind of a sky blanket around Earth that we call our
1: atmosphere. So I guess it would be colder, like Miranda said. And what about the mountains and valleys?
2: She's very correct. We wouldn't have high things or low things. We would have moderately high things or low things.
1: So no Mount Everest and no Marianas Trench.
2: <laughs> yeah, and thankfully Miranda's question
0: is hypothetical. No one's coming to take our volcanoes away from us.
1: Thank goodness.
2: <laughs> but her question is actually really useful for scientists. One of the cool things about Miranda's question is that it's it's the kind of question that really leads people to study other examples of What could the Earth have been like if blank? Volcanoes
0: don't just exist here on Earth. They can be found on most planets and even on our moon.
2: It's really interesting to study the volcanoes there. And it gives us an example of what the Earth may have looked like four billion years ago when it was just starting. It's a way to kind of look back into the past.
1: Ah, so studying volcanoes in outer space can help us understand the history of our planet.
2: Exactly. And that's why
0: Erica's been developing the ultimate volcano science project using not baking soda and vinegar, but real hot lava.
1: Whoa, extreme science fair time.
0: So we're gonna find out exactly what that looks like. But first, I wanted to explain how playing with lava is going to unlock the secrets of ancient volcanoes. And it
2: starts with something called spatter bombs. I feel
1: like I threw some spatter bombs in fourth grade.
2: (laughs) So spatter bombs are little blobs that get thrown out of a volcano. And when those blobs land, they're considered spatter bombs.
1: So it's basically like a volcano blowing chunks.
2: You can get really well formed blobs that are pretty rigid, or you can get really goopy blobs, which uh, when they land, they kind of make a like a cow patty
1: so spatter bombs are both like vomit and cow poop, everyone's favorite combination.
2: <laughs> the metaphors just keep getting better and better.
0: <laughs> it turns out these spatter bombs are some of the best clues we have to reconstruct a volcano's past.
2: And they're billions of years old, so. No one obviously saw them erupt.
0: Because spatter bombs don't all look the same, Erica could tell that there were differences between the volcanoes that made them. And she wanted to explain those differences. But there are only two ways to do that. The first way is to stick a thermometer into an erupting volcano. No one has let me do that yet.
1: Yeah, That seems kind of dangerous. So what's the second way? It might be better.
0: The second way is to make the spatter bombs herself, which she does outside near a parking lot.
2: I heard something hit a car. That's awesome.
1: So what's going on here?
0: Oh, you know, just launching mounds of molten rock into the air.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm sure there's a very good reason for that, and it's not just for fun. <laughs>
0: It's a little bit of both. So for the past three years, Erica's been trying to reverse engineer a volcano's recipe for spatter bombs. That'll help her narrow down the ingredients, temperature, and method for a volcanic eruption. Basically, it's like
2: Mary Berry's technical challenge in the Great British Bake Off.
1: But for baking volcanoes. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Uh, We made a little air cannon, and we put the lava in the air cannon and then exploded that. And that didn't work at all. The air cannon
0: would cause little tendrils of lava to fly everywhere, cooling into these lacy patterns rather than solid bombs.
1: So again, we're on to the daily occupation of scientists. (laughs) This one's shooting lava out of an air cannon.
2: (laughs) It gets even better. So then we thought, well, what if we make these if we put the lava into containers, and then we carry the containers on a forklift up to eight feet in the air, and then we open the containers and drop the lava. Five, four, three, two, one. Ah. No worries.
1: Okay, so can we just talk for a minute about How crazy awesome it is that she gets to spend her time this way. (laughs) Like, just to try to find something out about a volcano, she gets to spend all day in a parking lot dropping things from high places and seeing what happens.
0: Over and over and over again.
1: I feel like that's got to be a metaphor for science.
2: Five, four, three, two, one. Yeah! Yeah! Well, maybe not perfect, but that is close. Look at all the red on that. That's a really thin crust. That's super good.
0: It turned out the forklift method had some issues. When they dropped the spatter bombs, they would just roll away instead of
2: spatting into a pile.
1: I can imagine that would be frustrating.
2: Well, luckily, I had been doing science long enough that that is the norm. <laughs> In each
0: trial, Erica would work to figure out what went right and what went wrong. She learned that adding gravel helped cool down the lava faster, which was necessary to get the right shape. But the containers didn't seem to be working at all.
2: Finally, I decided, okay, I'm just going to try to make this container in the trough where the lava is actually pouring out of.
0: So Erica stood with a paddle, holding the lava in the slide herself.
2: I got kind of bored because it takes a while for this stuff to cool. So I just started, like mushing it around because uh, how often do you get to just mush around lava so I was like oh I'm just gonna try this and it turns out that that is the way to make spatterball. There's a video
0: of this process on YouTube. You can see Erica mushing gravel into yellow hot lava like she's kneading a ball of dough. The gravel cools the lava. Then she picks it up with tongs and tosses it onto the ground like a pizza.
1: Not the kind of pizza you want to eat. Volcanic baking is not for eating,
0: (laughs) but next up is the showstopper challenge.
2: I think the next step is to make the bombs in the trough with the paddle, then put them into some kind of catapult launcher thing, and then release that, and then we'll see uh, just how important that impact really is.
1: (laughs) So now she's using a catapult launcher thing? Like, come on.
2: It just seems like this is kind of beyond the
0: limit of what cool science can be.
1: (laughs) Surely. (laughs) So she figured out the ultimate DIY spatter bomb recipe yet?
2: It's still not quite perfect. You only want to have one thing changing between your experiments because then you know exactly how that's going to affect things. And right now we don't have just one thing. We have a couple of things that we're trying to narrow down.
0: Going into the experiment, Erica knew that time and temperature were important elements of spatter bombs, but she's also discovering that moisture, or the amount of gas, plays a role as well, and that could lead to a discovery about how volcanoes helped create our atmosphere.
1: So it goes all the way back to the beginning of Miranda's question.
0: Yeah, and it would help us study volcanoes on other planets as part of our search for life.
1: That's so cool
0: don't forget the coolest part, the catapult. (laughs) Erica is going to keep working on her spatterbomb recipe, and she needs our help.
2: I would love ideas. If there's things that (laughs) your listeners want us to do with lava machines, you send them my way.
1: I think I would want to try a lava super soaker, though it seems like the lava would melt the gun.
0: How do you build a squirt gun that is resistant to the temperature of lava
1: <laughs> <laughs> don't use plastic
0: <laughs> you can check out erica's spatter bomb fails in a video on our website sciencepodcastforkids.com slash blog once you get some ideas email us send us a drawing or a recording to tumblepodcast at gmail.com
1: we'll pass all of them on to erica
0: Thanks Erica Rader, Assistant Professor of Geology at the University of Idaho, and the Syracuse Lava Project at Syracuse University.
1: And thanks to Miranda for sending in an amazing question.
0: I'm Lindsay Patterson, and I wrote and produced this show.
1: And I'm Marshall Escamilla, and I make all of the music. Thanks for listening, and tune in next time for more stories of science discovery.